if our expectations are to, in this journey, grow and to evolve with God, and for us to experience the fullness of what the Lord has for us, we could just go to our balance. Because our balance affects everything. We all know how much we give to whatever we give to in our life. We know what distractions there are. We know what things that pull from us from giving God everything. I don't even have to name them. You know them. I know them. I know what they've been in my life. You know, if you remember that game? What was the game called? Family Feud? Anybody remember Family Feud? We're going to play Family Feud real quick, okay? The top 10 balance distractions or balance issues. What do you guys think number one is? The car family. Da, 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 da. I don't even know the music that it went with that. But we just say a family, though. What do you think the number one? Telephones, Margie goes, Margie goes technology right out of the bat. Amen, it could be. Telephones. Oh, it was, it was up there close. I think family is always going to be a distraction. I like the way Pastor talked about perspective that Jesus gave us as an example. I think family can be a major distraction to us. It could pull us, it, can, it could make us doubt things, it could just not, how can, you know, I always remember the story that Pastor talked about, the man that was inside his cabin with the fire on and birds kept on hitting his window. You remember that one? Kept on hitting his window, he go to the barn, go to the barn. And they kept on hitting his window because they were trying to get into the fire where it was warm. And that's the way I feel like we are sometimes, we're trying to tell our family, go to the barn. Are you kidding me? It's safer over there, it's easier. And all that effort until we realize that it's going to be God that moves, that reveals himself. It's us that has, we have to balance ourselves and sustain ourselves. You see, we, we, we're stuck in that. This is where we can't praise this. We can't say, amen, bro, that's right. That's me. That's me. I'm stuck in that. That's my out of balance right now. That I'm worried about this. Keeps me up at night. It's all I think about during the day. It's what robs me that I can't even praise God, lift up my hands when I'm here at church or believe God's word. Because I'm stuck. I don't understand what's taking so long. And it's vicious. It's vexing. You know what the term vexing is? It's a dehydration of the spirit. It's vexing you. It said that Lot was vexated and his spirit was vexated from being in Sodom and Gomorrah. It was dry. And that's the way we come here sometimes. And how can we praise the living waters if we're dry? Unless we realize the living waters are here to receive. We serve a merciful, mighty God. But we got to understand that your worship, if you're struggling with your worship, your worship can lead to your resolve. It can lead to your solution. Your worship can. But the problem is, is that you remember an hour ago, you remember 10 minutes ago, you remember earlier today, earlier this week, and it starts to define you. And it starts to define your worship, your worthiness. You know what the one thing God can't do? What do you think it is? That's another one. That's a good one. 
You can't worship. You can't. How can he worship? He's the end. <laughs> That's why we were designed, we were created to be in worship, to worship him. You see, we got it twisted. The devil's got, a twi- uh, got, got us twisted in this, is that we don't see the value in this, in this praise. But the enemy knows it. The enemy knows that if he takes this from you, then you ain't got a shot to get out of a situation. I want to get out of a situation. I want to take back what the enemy took from me. But I got to believe something and my worship's got to meet my resolve. You see, a lot of the times we praise God. We praise God based off how we see ourselves, not how we see him. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody here struggles with worship. Somebody struggles here with praising God. We struggle with it. We, we, we're the hands-down people. We're, 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 we're the people when we're, we're asking to come up here and, and participate. We, we, we struggle to come up here. You know who you are. I don't even need to call you out. But the problem is, is that you're too busy seeing yourself, not seeing who you're worshiping. You're too busy being down on yourself, not being up on him. He ain't done nothing wrong. And he's worthy of our praise. You see, the devil wants to remind you that you failed earlier, that you're still struggling. He doesn't want to remind you that Jesus is merciful, has grace to offer you. And this is why we come here. And man, that song, Cara de Limon, is perfect for sometimes the way we feel. Oh, you just don't know. It's a migraine. It's a headache. You got so many health issues to justify your worship lack. And like Pastor said, if I could just raise my toe, I'm going to raise my toe. I don't want to base the way I feel right on an argument my wife and I had had earlier. Uh Uh-oh, here we go, Brother Gabe. Here it is. Camera on Sister Jennifer. I don't need to. I need to base it on my belief in God and what God can do and how He can work in my life. You see, I wrote this down hope and grace have to meet redemption. You see, your hope and grace has to meet up with redemption. You see, Jesus came to redeem us. And he started the redemption with forgiveness. But the problem is, is that we are missing that. Pastor had a powerful term he used. How many times are you supposed to forgive your brother, Peter? You think if he asked Peter that, that he can't do that to you daily. But yet we come here like convicts. We come here struggling to believe, doubting hopeless and we're passing this on to our children and this generation is not learning what it is to be victorious what it is to be courageous they're learning how to make excuses i want to be i want to be a generation that changes things that that shows my my kids that hey you know what dad makes mistakes but he also turns it around that god that he believes in is a true god not just a god on wednesdays and sundays not just a god when my parents feel like it he's a true god why are you so worked up brother gabe Because I believe this message is strong. Because it impacted me. And it showed me something. 
and I want us to praise him. And I want us to glorify him. Because that's what the devil doesn't want us to do. And if we want to have victory, then we got to do that. If we turn to John 4, 23, John 4, 23, but the hour is coming. And now is, I like that. I like that because it says, it says something very unique there. Something's coming that is now. That's kind of unique, isn't it? But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. You see, you got to fight your way out of this, brothers and sisters. I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what's taking so long, but God's saying the hour is now. The time is now. You might not have Friday's prayer service. You might not have Sunday. The hour's now to praise God, to give him glory, to worship him, to believe in him. It's not later, it's now. We take, take it for granted. Take it for granted now, the moment right now. We're too busy and, well, God's doing it. God will do it in his time. God knows. God knows what now is too and that you can do it now. Don't handicap yourself when God knows you can do it now. Don't limit yourself when God knows you can do it now. But we, we start to say, well, I know, I know he can, I know I need to do it now. I know, I know he's looking for this now, but it's just, I, I don't have the strength. God says, I, he, 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 he said it through his word. I know you ain't got the strength. But you can do all things in me that strengthen you. All you got to do is show that you want to do it. He's not asking you to do it all the way. He's saying, just show me you want to do it. Some of us can't even show him we want to do it. We're stuck. We're stuck. I want to get unstuck tonight. And we turn to Mark 4, 1. And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude. I like this passage because we start to see Jesus moving now. Jesus has picked his disciples. Kids, don't get bored, kids. I'll just talk louder and I'll talk at you. He picked his disciples here. And now Jesus is on a boat with a bunch of people in front of him. Because there was a big crowd. And Jesus is there on a boat in the water. And people are out here and they're going to start to hear parables that you've heard. Parables of the seed, the sower. You can say these are Jesus' first messages. And it says here, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. Verse 2. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. You see, I need us to catch something here because after he went through these parables, we remember what happened next. Anybody remember what happened next? He went into the sea. He went into the lake, it says, and there was a big storm. You guys remember the storm? What does he do? Peace. And you see, there's some times that we're lacking here because we're not seeing people around us, just not feeling it. And you see, Jesus 
after he was done with this great multitude, he told his disciples, let's go across the lake. And you see, brothers and sisters, some of us, we got to see a lot of people. We got to see people crying. We got to see people lifting up their hands to believe the Spirit's here. But Jesus didn't care that there was a great multitude in front of him. He said, let's go across the lake. And we turn to Mark 5, 1. And they came over to the other side of the sea and to the country of the Gadarenians. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. This man right here, and other verses, other terms were said that he was a man that was possessed by demons. And yet God left that great multitude, didn't step off the ship and make miracles, and he said, let's go across to the other side. And we read here, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. You see, God's looking for an opportunity tonight. God doesn't need to be in a stadium full of people to move. God got to get inspired by the opportunity that we bring in our hearts to move him. Our faith has the power to move, to send a signal to Jesus, to come to the other side. A lot of us feel when we doubt our spiritual walk with God. This man was possessed. 2,000 demons had a hold of him. That chains couldn't hold him down. And yet, something got God's attention to go to the other side. Verse 5, and always night and day he was in the mountain and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus, afar off he ran and worshipped him. Now this doesn't make sense to me. Because this man was possessed. He was captive. And yet we see that when the man saw Jesus, he ran to him. And it says that he didn't only run to him, he worshipped him. You see, we miss this point because we always go to the next part where the demons start to talk to Jesus, but we miss the point where the man ran to Jesus. A lot of us remember the, oh, don't throw us into the pigs, but we don't remember that the man ran to Jesus and worshipped him. Something's got to inspire God to show up. Our effort will trigger Jesus. Sometimes we don't have the effort. Sometimes we're feeling overwhelmed by this world instead of trusting in God and running to him and saying, God. And here's the moment. It says he ran to him and worshiped him. You know that this is the only gospel that says that. It's in Matthew, 
It's in Luke. But Mark's the only version that says that he worshiped him. But there's something key here. It says that he saw Jesus. You see, sometimes we have doubt. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if my family's going to ever see him. I just don't know. I don't know this. I don't know that. You don't know God. You don't know what God's doing. You don't know how God's setting it up. Our faith has to be founded on knowing that God can do it. And we see here, verse 7. And cried with a loud voice and said, What, I, what have I do to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now listen to this. He saw Jesus. He ran to Jesus and worshiped Jesus, and it brought something out. You're not the only one with voices in your head. Now something else starts to talk to Jesus. When you come in his presence, he will pull out of you what's in you. When you come humbly to him in worship, he will pull what's in you out of you. And what was in this man was revealing himself. He knew who Jesus was, the Most High. But now, he knew there was consequences to this. Verse 8. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Verse 9. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for there are many, 2,000. I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know what, you know, I don't know if you're feeling you got maybe five on you. You might have 10 on you tonight. You might even have 20 on you tonight. But if you got 2,000 on you, we see Jesus here telling his disciples, let's go across to the other side. Because it was nice, and, I'm, and it gave a good message here with the multitude. But the multitude multitude you know it's good i like it we're we're starting to we're starting to starting to spread the gospel but across the way there's one you see our mind will play tricks with us thinking oh you know uh if only there's more or if only this or only that and god's like nah just one all i need is one You see, we're so stuck on many when it's one that pulled him to the other side. For we are many, verse 10. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. What's interesting here, you see, they weren't afraid for their lives, they're afraid of their proximity. I didn't see they were afraid that he would destroy them. Did they say that? Did it say that? Did you read that? No, it said they were afraid that he was going to remove them from the country. You see, the enemy wants to be close. The enemy is hoping that he can still be around. He's looking for another opportunity to enslave, to capture, to destroy. And I find it interesting here that they're like, oh, you know, don't send this, you know, send us away too far. 
And we read verse 11. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000. That's a lot of pigs, ain't it? That were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what was that that was done. And they came to Jesus and they see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they saw it, told them how it befell to him that he was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. Verse 18. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all the men did marvel. I don't know what we bring sometimes to church. But what we bring sometimes to church doesn't allow us to be in God's presence. You see, the multitude didn't inspire God and I'm sure there was possessed people there. I'm sure there was people that struggled with things. But what inspired God was first that this man recognized Jesus and that his hope was there and ran to him. Are we running to him when we recognize him? Are we running to him when we know we need him? Are we running from him? You see, there's times we run from him and we hide. Adam, Eve, Adam, Eve, where are you? Where are you, Adam and Eve? Well, we kind of messed up this week, God. We're going to hold off on this service. I'm not going to give it all my praise just because I don't feel worthy. To praise. You see, God wants us to recognize what grace and mercy are and what it is to be established by him. What it is to hold on to his hand when we fall and he picks us up. You see, we set, we set, and pastor said it on Sunday, we set such a high level that sometimes we cannot reach it. Oh, this is what it is right here. It's got to be this. If it's not this, God won't do this. And we start to miss out on the growth. And we just give up. We just give up. Our faith gives up. Our hope gives up. Our endurance is, is uh, uh, we're, we're, not, we're not in it no more. We're not standing up anymore. We're just like, this is too much. Because we are trying to do this without God. We are trying to do this on our own. 
when you try to do things on your own, you're going to fail. When you try to do spiritual things on your own, you're going to fail. When you allow God to do it, when you allow God to guide you, when you allow God to show you, he's going to take you on a journey, and it's scary. You know, pastor used to describe it, I remember many years ago, like an eagle taking up its child up and letting it go. What are you doing, God? I'm showing you that you still need me. Because your confidence gets you at the end of the nest, and you're going to die one day because you're going to fall out. I need you to trust in me that I know what I'm doing in you. Well, God, I don't feel you. God, I don't see you. God, how do I know you're there? You don't think that those, those things come to people's minds? They come to our minds. How do I know it's you, God? How do I know you still love me, God? You see, the enemy wants to separate us from our worship because he knows the moment we worship, the moment, the moment we praise, devils want to get out. Devils want to get out. Do we understand that, brothers and sisters? The power of praise and worship. When you worship God and you praise God, that means you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about him. That means you're not saying, well, I don't feel like it. You're saying, I need to do it. At that moment that you don't, and you hold back, and you stubbornly think you know something, you're telling God, hey, you know what? I still want to keep this pride. I still want to keep this doubt, this hurt. When God can look at you and you can identify who he is and say, Jesus, Jesus, I see you. I feel you. Why don't we stand up, brothers and sisters? I'm going to ask the group to lead us in a worship song here. That we could just praise God and glorify him. Amen. If you're struggling with worship tonight, brothers and sisters, if you're struggling with praising God, it might not be a legion that's holding you, but it's something that has you blind to see Jesus. Help us, God, to see you tonight. I want you to turn back to verse 5 on what we were just reading, if you can, Brother Anthony. Verse 5, there in Mark. Always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Now the stones in the Bible represented the word of God. Because we remember where the, the Ten Commandments were written on. And we could see sometimes that those words could have been convicting him, words that he was raised in, wasn't allowing him to be free because he wasn't meeting the expectations that he was setting. And God wanted to take him on this journey. God wanted to take him on this journey. You see, we got to stop. We got to stop, brothers and sisters setting these expectations that we're not fulfilling. We're, 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 we're becoming too much. You see, a Pharisee didn't go in there. A Pharisee, a scribe couldn't go in there because a priest wasn't allowed to go into the tombs. It was a place that legally they could not go to. Because of what it represented. And Jesus didn't go to the tombs. But when the man saw Jesus, he ran to him. And he worshipped him. 
And the one that was the word at the beginning freed him in grace and mercy. This man that was cutting himself with what the world was telling him he had to be. The religion wasn't allowing him to receive the mercy and grace. Jesus said, take me to the other side. I want to get there. Because there's somebody there. There's somebody there that's in need of it. I don't know who's here tonight, brothers and sisters, that all this, all this repetitiveness, this struggle that's here, just being able to praise God, to glorify God, to worship God, to thank God, to be free. But we just keep on cutting ourselves with, I can't. I still can't. I'm still struggling. Oh, man, I can't do this yet. You see, your can'ts can't keep you from God. You've got to push yourself over to get to him. Let's keep on worshiping God. You've got to be free from this. Let's praise God, brothers and sisters. Lift up your hands. Show him you're free. Show him you see him tonight. I don't know what the balance is that's keeping your hands down, but let it go and just lift them up. Jesus, I'm here tonight. Free me. Free me from this burden, Jesus, to not to be a true worshiper, Jesus, not to praise you with all my might, Jesus. Not to see you, Jesus, that you're here tonight. For you tonight. I got a question for you tonight. Too much that is forgiven. Much is what? What? Too much that is forgiven, much is what? Huh? Can't hear y'all. Required? Huh? Much is owed. Sometimes we forget how much was forgiven. Sometimes we forget how much it cost to forgive us. Sometimes we become our children. You know what your children is, right? You know what your children is? You don't know what your children is, do you, Tristan? Your children is, dad, dad, mom, mom, buy it, buy it, buy it. And then you take care of it for a couple of days. It's like, I can't find the pieces. I can't find the keys. But when you realize the cost, you cherish it. You appreciate it. These songs you can sing openly. You understand what it is to be forgiven, to be loved, to be cherished by God. God loved us so much that he didn't see only the state that we were in. He saw us the state we could be in. Now that's love when he, you see potential. You see, sometimes we don't see potential, but God sees it. Sometimes we see what we can see with our eyes. God sees the potential you have. And he says, all you got to do is come to me, is worship with me. Sit down, brothers and sisters. God bless you all. You know, I'm amazed with, I want, I want you guys to write these down. If you're writing down notes, you know, Matthew 8, 28, Mark 5, 5 on, Luke, I believe it was Luke 7, Luke 8, 26, Matthew 8, 28, Mark 5, 1, Luke 8, 26, the three gospels that speak about the situation. Mark speaks about it the longest. We see this man here tied up, chained up, 
naked. It describes the man in other gospels that he was a clothed man, had a house. As normal as can be. And all of a sudden, he went crazy. And he lost everything. But the one thing he was able to see at that moment was his vision. To see Jesus. And that's a beautiful moment when you can see Jesus. That Jesus comes for you. We know the story, the parable about the sheep. We see God leaving the multitude for the one. See, we don't understand it sometimes. We can't explain it. But we got to learn how to receive it. What grace and love is and mercy. We can't explain it. We can't, we can't sometimes even tell somebody how it feels or, or what it is. But we got to learn how to receive it. I want to receive it tonight. If we turn to James 2.19... We see here and understand more the situation that there's something inside of you that could be as religious as we want them to be that gets you here. Something got you here. It was fellowship. Some of it is, you know, being inspired by God. Some of it's I've been, I've been touched by God. But there's also something else. There's religious spirits that bring you here sometimes. They'll tell you, come on, let's go to church. That's when you start knowing when light is darkness. Something telling you, let's go to church. I'll just mute your ears when you get there. I'll just hold your hands down so you can't praise. You've shown you've been consistent in this. You've shown that I don't even need to worry about it. Let's go to church. When you got something in you that doesn't even care if you go to church. We read here that it says, Thou believest that there's one God that doeth well. The devils also believe and tremble. I take that as devils will be right here right now. But the problem is, is when you show a devil, you see Jesus. And you run to him and worship him. The devil doesn't expect that. He expects the same thing over again. He expects you to come and you're wanting to be entertained. You're hoping something will happen to inspire you. It's Jesus that's here. It's Jesus that can do it. It's not the music. It's not even the preaching. It's Jesus that does it. We got to start to look for Jesus as he comes to us. And leaves the many to find us in our needs. We're wasting time, brothers and sisters. We're wasting time because we're not having this breakthrough of worship. This breakthrough of praise. It's a sacrifice. I'm not talking about being here. That could be easy at times. Children have to come here. Mom and dad made me come here. It's boring. We didn't have class today. It's not, it's not hard to get here. It could be repetitive to get here like I mentioned. The sacrifice comes when you're here and you made it here. It could have been a struggle to get here. Some people aren't here tonight. Some people are struggling with stuff and they don't even see it. That's a different level for the ones that are here. Sometimes it's easy. You just know it's Wednesday, it's Friday, it's Sunday, I'm here. It's normal. That's not the sacrifice. Sacrifice is when you're here. What you do with it. Not to waste it. Not to waste it being here. You've got the opportunity. You're in front of the king. How do I get his attention? 
can I do? He knows that you struggle in these things. Show him. Show him that you trust in him. If we turn to Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. You see, we can't decide, I don't want to praise God. We can't say, well, you know what? I got the bonus check in the mail. I got the raise. I got the car. I did this. I got the house. I got the new job. I feel like praising God. I want to go to church to praise him. It's got to be continually. It's got to be in the ups and in the downs. That's where God gets inspired. You see, we want a lot of ups, but it's the downs that encourages God in our growth. Oh, it's got to be up. That moment it's down. I don't know if it's God. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I like this. Uh, I thought it was going to be different with God. Coward. I didn't say it. The word of God says it. Courageous. Take it by force. The ones that see the opportunity and weakness in themselves. And you don't feel you can do it. It's when you need to do it. Because that's when God says you realize that it's not by your strength. It's by his. Continuous praise. That means you work at it. That means that you, you come here and you say, okay, okay, I hadn't raised my hands in a while, and I'm raising my hands, but that doesn't mean that the next time you forget it. Oh, this is a message about raising hands. I'll raise my hands. No. It's a message about continually praising him in your sacrifice. It's easy. We all can do it. I can do it right now. But I got to do it all the time. I got to do it when I don't feel like it. I got to do it to believe that I can be free from something. Or the devil's going to change you up again. I said that this man, the only time he would probably see people is when they try to chain him. see devil had no idea who was showing up that day see it don't matter what you're going through and how you feel you're alone God knows your state he knows where you're at he knows if you're across see sometimes we don't feel like he can get to us because of our state. God can't get to me. Look at me. I'm all chained up. Look at me. I'm all broken. He only comes for those that are perfect. We got to remember how he found us and what he did and how he loved us. In our weakest, dire moment in our life, he showed up and picked us up and loved us. Some of us, it was only him that could love us. Some of us were mean, ugly people. You know who you are. <laughs> he wants to smile right now. And to know that God loved you. And 
and look past that. Some of us, we stole. Some of us, we were drunks. Some of us, we were addicts. Some of us were lustful. And God said, go to the other side. Who could understand love? How can you compare it to something? Parents will give up on their children. Children will give up on their parents. But to hear a God that doesn't give up because of his love, that's who I want. That's who I want to serve. That's who I want to be committed to. I don't need to find it. I don't need to find it in something physical when I have it in him. See, our problem is we look for the physical acceptance. Some of us are having physical dependencies. Well, it's just, it's not the same with me and my mom, me and my dad, me and my wife, me and my husband, me and my kids, me and my, you make sure it's the same with you and your God. Because everything else will fix itself. But when this, when this, when this becomes what's coming out of your mouth, then it's less of that and it's less of this. The devils didn't want him to see Jesus that day. What are you doing here? Why are you tormenting us? Oh man, it was just a warm up. It was a warm-up in the multitude. It was a warm-up across. And it was amazing because you see he's over there across the sea. He goes across and the storm hits. So guess what, brothers and sisters? It don't matter what's in the way of Jesus. He's going to get to you. You see, storms will listen to him. Walls will be broken down. He's going to get to you. This is where our praise, our worship, our belief, our faith has to be. It's believing that God's going to get to you when you need him to get to you. This isn't an experience in your life. That something didn't get to you when you needed it. This is God we're talking about here. This is God's love that will get to you because he loved us and we must sacrifice in our praise to him and glorify him. If we could turn to, I believe it's Psalms, Psalms 117, amen? Psalms 117, oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Now, there's a version that says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him. Not exalt him. Extol him. And I looked up what that word meant. And it says to praise enthusiastically. You ever had a moment where you're so excited that that person right next to you, you wanted to get them to the level of excitement you were? Do you not see what's happening here? Ah!
This is so good! You don't care how you look at that moment because you're so excited. You want everyone to be excited around you. You see, we ain't there yet. But when you get there and you just grab somebody and you're like, you got to feel this. You got to feel what his love is, what his mercy is. This man, after being freed, went to Jesus and said, can I hang with you? Not thinking about anything, but thinking about his freedom. Jesus said, nah, you need to stay here and you need to tell people about what's done for you. And you see that man going and doing what he was told to do. The problem is, brothers and sisters, is we stop telling people what was done for us. And the gratitude is forgotten. But when worship happens and the tears come down, you remember how lost you were until he came and found you. That a God left his throne of glory to come and give his life because he loved you so much. Nobody loves me. You see, God doesn't represent the world's abandonment. Because God says he'll never forsake you or leave you. I love a God that can keep a commitment. You see, we're so used to not having people around us that can keep a commitment. But God is committed. And I'm grateful for that. I want to praise with enthusiasm. I want to praise where I don't care who's watching me. I want to praise like I'm free. I want to praise like I want chains removed. You see, some of us, we can't even say an amen or a hallelujah or, or a thank you, Jesus, because we're struggling. Some, I can hear some devil saying, Legion ain't got nothing on me. I can hear some spirits saying, ungrateful. Because a grateful heart will praise God, believing that God's going to do it, and also see what God's done. A grateful heart will look back and say, God, you took me from something. You showed me that you're still there for me, Jesus. You came to the other side. You left. The 99 to come and get me, Jesus. But what is it that mutes us? What is it that keeps us down? Because, see, we don't have the opportunity to free ourselves from these chains. Psalms 96.1 says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Verse 2. Verse 2. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Verse 3. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. Verse 4. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. How can we show that he's to be feared above all gods when we're not even praising him above the gods that we have here 
balance. What God has overtaken your God. It doesn't allow you to praise God. Is it God of health? Is it a God of doubt? Is it a God of just not believing that it can be done? Verse 5. For all the gods of the nation are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fear before him, all the earth. Brothers and sisters, we're living in times where fear is being lost. An acceptance of everything is being received. We're in a culture where we don't accept you as you are, and we're hateful. We're ugly. We don't have love in us. We're in a culture that if we try to stand on something we believe in, we're radicals. Haters of Society. We've lost the fear. The fear of God. And the chains come. And we become enslaved again. As we look around and we're in doubt. God, what's going on here? I see this on TV. I see this on here. I see people accepting this. I see this being taught here. Where are you, God? And God's here right now. Are we the people that receive him? Are we the people that can be embraced by him? Or are we hiding from him? I'd like for us to all stand up and read this together. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, is mighty. Now, brothers and sisters, I don't know if you... you might have been horrible at imagining stuff. I, I, there's an eight-year difference between me and my next sibling. I had to throw the football and catch the football. I had to put the ball against the wall, get it, and shoot it. I had to imagine things. Now, I read this. And I'm pretty good at believing this. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. You see, you got to take it all in. Some of us, 
are forgetting he's mighty and that he's here. We're missing that the Lord is here. His presence is here. He can do whatever you need. He can free you from whatever you need to be freed from. But you understand one thing, brothers and sisters. He wants to rejoice with you. He wants to sing with you. He wants to be happy with you. He wants to love you. It's the devil that wants to keep you away from his mist, from his present presence. But it's God that says, come. I'm going to ask us all to pass on up here. We're going to have an opportunity to worship here. I'm going to ask that we just lift up our hands and just sing to him. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be in tune. But it's just got to be high and lifted up. Let's lift up his name, his presence.